0: Today's podcast is powered by Metro Mugs.
1: I'm just a more than average guy. My friends are boring. And so
0: am I. We're just ordinary than average guys. Today is April seventh. Decky Fake Yeezys, or should I say Feezys? How are we? Decky Feezys
1: is doing great. How are we doing, uh, Andy Harburn? I'm great, man. I'm here. I'm ready for this podcast. All right, beautiful. We got uh, David Chang this week. Uh, he's a good friend of mine that I met uh, when I was out in Thailand, as you guys remember back in January. David Chang is uh, the creator of Cafe Racers of Instagram, commonly known as Croig. A cafe racer, for those who don't know, is a motorcycle, and David is obsessed with them. He runs this page, though Cafe Racers of Instagram, that he started uh, not too long ago. It's got over a million followers. Um, the crazy thing is, you know, David treats this as a community. He's got this incredible group and this incredible following. But he does a lot of great things with them. One of them was uh, he actually went out to Thailand. This is why we ran into him was because he was um, he was actually a Like a, fuck. He was going to be a judge. Yeah, a judge. There we go. He was a judge, and he was on a billboard out there. I mean, it's probably one of the coolest dudes. He's such a humble dude. He's got an amazing story. Andrew, I I spoke a lot. Do you got any any first impressions of Chang? Chang is an awesome
0: guy, but some surprise guests with this podcast. Mm. Um, Producer Ty was not with us. He was on spring break, so we brought in J.J., another fellow Decky Thailand member, a part of Ivy Adventures, and then the founder of Ivy Adventures, who you heard earlier last year, uh, Steve Weigel, made a surprise appearance as well. So it was a pretty cool full circle moment for Ivy Adventures, and I was able to just take it in. Dude, absolutely. You're just the guy asking,
1: asking the questions everybody has. I was just learning. Yeah, you're just a learning guy. I love it, man. Audience member. But you guys will absolutely love this podcast. Let's get after it.
2: Yeah. So it's been almost two months. Yeah, almost two months. Two yeah. months too long.
0: Two and, months too long. And then absolutely. you spent some extra time in Thailand after everyone left?
2: Yeah. So I was actually in Southeast Asia, mostly in Thailand, but I was there for seven weeks seven weeks wow yeah and you came back and no one thought you had coronavirus oh everyone thinks i have coronavirus how's you should that probably disinfect this mic <laughs> <Yo, my. laughs> we just made a costco run so we're all stocked up yeah toilet paper to and hand sanitizer no, right? no no no
1: toilet paper in this house actually oh okay yeah we are strictly bidets here oh yeah well that's the move yeah right That totally is totally the move that's crazy so
2: like when you came back were you like quarantined at all or anything No, so the only time I was in China was on my way over to Thailand, and I was there for like two and a half, three hours just in the airport. And at that time, I hadn't even heard of the coronavirus yet. So, yeah, I wasn't concerned. But then on my way back, my return flight was going to connect in Beijing, and um, that got canceled, so I flew through Taiwan. Now, that flight, probably 95% of the people were wearing masks. Yeah. Yeah, but then they let me in and didn't tell me to self quarantine or anything. I feel fine.
0: Right. What well, was crazy with, with like Declan and even the the beginning of the trip is right. the coronavirus wasn't like um expediate or it wasn't happening like tenfold yet. It no. wasn't the news hasn't hadn't broken out on right. coronavirus and you guys were more so off the grid. Like we were maybe I guess you guys were in Thailand, so you weren't necessarily following news updates all the time. Right. Versus Like, here in the United States, it was probably, I'd say, like, a week and a half in, maybe even towards the time you got home, that coronavirus really started to kick into, like, a notable this is a pandemic. Things are serious.
1: Granted, like, for the record, it's still completely overblown. Like, coronavirus is not a big deal at all. I agree.
2: It's so stupid how much this is... People are getting way too hyped up. Yeah.
1: Like, my my sister's... My sweet, sweet sister can't go to school anymore because she, like, Cornell canceled classes for the like ivy league canceled classes for the rest of the semester right so ridiculous but i got in like that sunday and uh in chicago and like the coronavirus thing broke as a story like that day or monday
2: yeah it was actually i didn't even hear about it even after we parted ways right it was like when i was in bangkok that people started talking about it more and more Mm. and then by the time i came back it was just a full-fledged thing yeah and at that time, even California was like, oh, we're just starting to see cases. And two weeks later, here we are. And what? There's. I heard yesterday that it, there's like a third case here, which. Don't be scared, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's not you. We can confirm that to the millions of I can people. confirm that with you, yes. Okay. On Live here on the back pocket. Live. David Chang doesn't have coronavirus. I do not have coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. So I guess to give our listeners a little bit of background here, um, the first time I heard of you, David, was actually from a good friend of ours, Hunter Schweiss. Oh, yeah. Who Hunter. runs a uh, fitness company. Mm-hmm. He's a body mechanic specialist. Body mechanic specialist. There you go, Andrew. And uh, we heard from him. He was like, "Dude, you got to have this guy on." He's, uh, you know, the founder of this thing called the Cafe Racers of Instagram. I was like, "Damn, this guy looks sick." He's run- got uh, this page that runs, has millions of followers. Go check it out, Cafe Racer of, uh, of Instagram.
2: Just one million.
1: Just one million, but yeah. soon to be. There is a difference. There is a millions. Difference, of one million. Right.
2: Yeah, has
1: one million. <laughs> But heard of you through that, and then as crazy as it sounds, I mean, Steve tells us, Hey, there's this other guy who runs this uh motorcycle Instagram page that's going to be joining us in Thailand, uh, <laughs> just because he's going to be down there for a bike show. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is the same person, and as it turns out, it was what do you know? Mm-hmm. So, crazy connections kind of lead us here to today. Um, and you know, we had a freaking rip roaring time. and. Thailand, which i'm sure we'll talk about was
0: this the first time you did a trip with steve
2: um yeah Yeah, that was the first time
1: and what was like your expectations
0: going into an ivy adventure and knowing that it's like a half service work half adventure and kind of like a really holistic blend of the two
2: sure well steve and i had talked about it probably even a year prior to this trip about trying to do something um together and so when I found out I was going to be in Thailand and he was going to be there at the same time. It just, it just worked out. And, um, volunteering, doing some kind of like mission type work is something that I've grown up doing like in high school too. So it's, it's been a long time since I've done anything similar to it. Um, so when the opportunity presented itself, I was super stoked to just be a part of it. So I, I had an idea of how it would turn out and, was great. Um, it was what I thought, but also more. Sweet. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, kind of take us back a little bit. Um, you touched on maybe doing like doing service work when you were young. So, right. uh, what was kind of your upbringing like? I know, didn't you say you went to Bethel?
2: Yes. Okay. I went to Bethel. All Holy right. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my upbringing. My parents came to the states. They were actually pen pals, and my dad lived in taiwan and my mom lived in hong kong so they wrote to each other like young and then after i believe college graduation finally met and decided to come to the states wow Wow. which is really really crazy if you think about it that's like old school tinder you know (laughs) (laughs) long-term old school dedicated you know yeah
0: snail mail tinder snail mail in. swiping right is tough <laughs> <laughs> yeah people people can't complain yeah
2: <laughs> um but so they came to the states and then um my mother actually ended up becoming uh an advisor in the multicultural like student department multicultural affairs and then eventually became dean and um but growing up i mean they they're christian and so grew up in church and they really wanted to um, expose us to the world. So in addition to going back to visit family in like Hong Kong and Taiwan, um, we road tripped everywhere in the States. But then they put us on mission trips as well. So I went down to Nicaragua, Tijuana a couple times, Homestead, Florida after the hurricane. So that gave me my first like taste of, of what volunteering looked like and felt like in college, um, which just did a lot of travel. Or I guess that those experiences kind of just put in this whole travel bug in me and just like this desire to see just different cultures. And then from that also, um, stemmed like helping out and volunteering and seeing what good I could do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: And then how did you kind of tie in, um, your passion for, where'd you find that passion and bug for motorcycles?
2: So motorcycles, I wasn't allowed to even talk about them and, 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 high school or up till high school. And then I went to college and made some money and just decided to pick something up and just show up at home with it. And, uh, that was how my mom found out. Hey, her, her son has a motorcycle and I just went for it. Was she pissed? Uh, yeah, she was pissed, but I think she was more terrified or worried about me. Right. Like what mother wouldn't be. Right. Mm Um, And that's part of the reason why I got out of motorcycles after college. Because, I mean, out of college, as a young guy, you're you're young and reckless, right? Mm -hmm. So trying to live past 25, I thought it was probably a good idea to get rid of my brand new sport bike that I purchased. Um, And then, yeah, I just... But I always had this interest in them. Um, At an early age, rode them, got rid of it, and then... Sure enough, caught the bug again and here I am running an Instagram page.
0: What was life like between that without the motorcycle? Did you have the tendency like you're always thinking in the back of your mind, like I'm missing this, I'm I'm not right f- fulfilling my need for these motorcycles. Yeah. Well
2: before motorcycles was cars. So mm. luckily I still had cars available. Um but you can't really the two the two are very different from each other. They're both enjoyable relaxing therapeutic whatever you want to call it but on a motorcycle you just you're more um, involved you feel it a little more you feel everything Mm yeah
1: and like the build-outs of those are a little there's a little little different more unique too well, you have the ability degree. to do more because mm-hmm. you
2: have less to work with. Yeah.
1: I just remember, like, I we, I literally learned how to ride a, a bike for the first time when I was with you. Right. In Thailand. Great like, job, by the way. Like, <laughs> thank you. Which is which was a crazy, crazy day. of it, We went on. It was me, Steve, uh, Chang, David, Jonah, or uh, Jonah, Stillman, and we all went, and it was... Uh, like I'd never ridden a bike before and I was trying just to we went to the shop to rent the bike and we're like trying to make sure I can get out of first gear. Right. Just so the guy who's renting me the bike doesn't like see that I literally don't know how to ride a bike. Um so I got a couple times like at the village the day before like getting out of first. Um which to explain to someone it's like driving clutch if you've ever seen that where like the clutch uh, engages your gears. So, like, you're having to rev and get your car and get your bike moving at the same time you're releasing the clutch. So, it's this weird, like, dual movement that's hard for... It's like a multitask, honestly.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and you're shifting with your foot. There's a lot of...
1: Yeah, there's just a lot of different things that you got to... Just to get run. off and running. Yeah. Just to start. Yeah. Just, just to get, get going. Just to get started. <laughs> yeah. So, this was at, like, 10 a.m. Jonah and I go rent the bikes. We figure it out. We get it. I then successfully get out of first gear... Um from the shop so that was great but then I had to turn on to like the main roads of Chiang Rai and I have no idea what I'm doing like literally can't like I stalled the bike out like five or six times and then you know I just like you, you have to figure it out at that point and then uh we ended up going on this trip and I started to get the hang of it like we're starting to drive in open roads I'm starting to like get into third fourth gear which is like when you're talking about why motorcycles are just amazing you're so involved because you're behind, like, the speed and power of that thing. Like, when you feel your engine, like, running out of power, clutch in, get to fourth gear, burn, just keep mm-hmm. going. You burn even more power. So, I, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then I ended up, like, crashing a couple times. I flipped the bike <laughs> on me. Which...
2: And the soles fell off of your shoes.
1: Yep. The soles fell off my shoes, which was nuts. I broke my, sh- my brand-new Nikes that I got that same day. Mm. They're 4 bucks, but... And you they know. could have been secondhand. So. They could have been secondhand. They were 100%, they were 100% secondhand. <laughs> Maybe even third. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. But yeah, man, there, that was just one of those days where I was like, literally going from like not knowing anything to then.
2: It was very impressive. It was fun, man. I was nervous for you because it was not just like an easy cruise either. It was just, we were, we were off-roading.
0: Right, so. and you're the Jedi Master at that point, so like you <laughs> kind of have like... Uh, ownership over accident because you're the one that taught him necessarily right. so like your heart's racing and right. you got reckless deck over here right. like free ball on it trying to figure it out
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was nuts he but did yeah good for, yeah you're i mean you're you are the jedi master though like you had your nice and you're my helmet. padawan dude yes. it's, it's literally what happened <laughs> literally what happened but sorry that was like tangent story i had to talk about it um
2: but you know what the feeling is like, you know, with motorcycles. Now like, that I know, now it's that like you've had that experience. Yeah,
1: it's like now I just want to continue to do that. You, you know? should.
2: Summer's coming. Oh
1: God, I know. But that's the thing. You can I can't ride year round, so I don't know if like buying a bike would be worth sure it. you can.
2: You can uh, avoid the coronavirus by riding. Just always moving you know yeah, just, just be a it. nomad yeah just be a nomad <laughs> avoid, avoid avoid yeah <laughs> is that what you <laughs> avoid, were kind of doing avoid. on your bike trip
1: because you just got back from a bike trip out in well
2: Thailand yeah there was whatnot. i did a lot of riding
1: okay yeah yeah what's it like just riding around with like your life in your it's your very bike? liberating it's really
2: yeah because you realize the more and more you travel how little you need to just live right and you also realize how much stress you kind of impose on yourself. So usually when I come back, like the first two weeks are just super depressing for me. Mm. Cause I'm like, great. I have a stack of envelopes now, which require me to pay, you know, them, like all, all these bills, all these things that I don't necessarily need, you know, like I don't need my Netflix account too. Right. Like there's so many things that you just realize you can trim the fat and you can just live a very happy life with minimal stuff mm-hmm. so on a motorcycle that's I don't know that's that's why I really like it and that's why I did it throughout Southeast Asia because riding over there is also very very different from here like you don't have convenience stores everywhere and, and nice rest areas or whatever it's just oftentimes it's kind of sketchy you
0: yeah. know mm-hmm. and you were there for seven weeks this last time yes and you're were, you're were with Deckford about two and a half of that Can you walk me through kind of like just the whole rigmarole of stops that you were hitting for for those seven weeks?
2: Yeah, I mean, I can give you, so this is how it went. I originally was going because last year I went to Thailand with a tour company. And just through me sharing on social media through my personal page, I had a lot of friends say, if you do this again, please let me know. I would love to join you. So when the year came around, the tour company approached me and said, do you want to do your own group? It just was pretty straightforward. Um, so I was originally going out for that. Then coincidentally or serendipitously, whatever. Um, synergy. I had synergy. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I had a show in Bangkok, motorcycle show in Bangkok, uh, reach out to me and ask me if I wanted to be a judge. And that was a week prior to this tour. And then I talked to Steve and he told me hey i'm going to be in thailand doing this volunteer trip so then that was that became the first part of it so volunteer judge tour and then see what happens in vietnam so uh, yeah yeah that's so sick also real quick when you were being or
1: when you were the judge at this bike show i mean let's not get away from the fact that they had billboards of you that was a trip. In downtown Bangkok, which was so nuts. That was strange.
0: <laughs> you look great. Well, thanks. What <laughs> were the, the billboards saying? Like, Judge David
3: Chang is here.
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> JJ, you saw it, right? It's, uh...
3: Yeah, I saw it. It was, um, we went to the mall together and you were in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we took a picture with us in it. Yeah. That was... What was it? It just said your name and what you do, it's right? a media
2: biker journalist and... yeah. Something. It was
3: on rotation, but it was yeah. still pretty bad at it. That was a killer.
2: Yeah, by the way, we uh we fired Ty. <laughs> <laughs>
1: After his <laughs> big promotion. After his big promotion, yeah, he got a hot head and took vacation. Yeah. To spring break, so we had to bring in We don't do vacation at the court. Well, yeah, we uh, there's actually no vacation days when you when we hire you on. Sorry, Lauren. Lauren's also here, yes. not on vacation. Right. She's working. <laughs> She's working hard, yeah. Ty. Something to think about. Um but yeah, so for the listeners, JJ, um he's a filmmaker for Harvest, right?
3: Yeah, Harvest Foam Company.
1: Harvest Foam Company. Yep. You were on the trip with us Thailand. I was on the trip, yeah. Welcome, dude.
2: His first time on TWS too, right?
3: I'm uh I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm doing it. Is it is it working? <laughs> like yeah. is
1: the is the stream coming in decently clear? Like it's I mean, working, yeah. Okay.
3: I think they can see my face now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, we had
1: to tie yeah. put all hotkeys behind all the all the
3: different stuff. Like, so like I, I is like, in, O is
1: out. Yeah. 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 It's insane. It's but hey,
3: here we are. We're here we are. Mm-hmm. Back to David. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> but how about that mustache, huh? Dude,
1: huh. that mustache is insane. Looking good. That God is on. so elite. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it.
2: Great job, JJ. Yeah. Stashing hard. Good work, bro. <laughs> it's the season. Um. Grum. But dude,
1: yeah, that that freaking uh, that billboard was nuts. The the judging looked really really, cool. It was really um, cool. What was kind of the most liberating part of the whole trip
2: for you? Of of my entire yeah, trip. Yeah, your
1: whole trip. Whole scope is seven weeks, eight weeks.
2: Honestly, I. I didn't have any low points. Uh, I did have one low point. I had a friend break his collarbone, which was unfortunate. Mm. Mm. Um, but in terms of, like, the overall trip and the experience, it was all just very, very eye-opening. Um, like, I, I felt like a little kid just relearning a lot of things or learning something for the first time or experiencing something for the first time. Um, even from different parts of Thailand to Vietnam, drastically different. Really? yeah and then you know you're doing volunteer work so that's eye-opening in certain ways too and then you're put in front of people to judge bikes i mean it's similar to being on this podcast i have no idea what the hell i'm doing i'm just (laughs) winging it right yep and then yeah and then seeing some of your closest friends from from the states in thailand and seeing them experience things for the first time you know it's really cool too um and then, yeah, again, Vietnam, wild.
1: What is it about Vietnam?
2: Vietnam, like you thought Thailand traffic was crazy. Mm-hmm. It's nothing compared to Vietnam. Like there's no rhyme or reason, but it's organized chaos, right? Like you just got to really, really be zoned in on the road and what's in front of you.
0: Mm. And Do you feel like everyone is zoned in looking? looking yeah. Her, so they're all yeah. locked in. That's how it's organized chaos. Yeah, that's how yeah. it's
2: locked in because – you're you're getting within like inches of people on your motorcycle and cars just fly by you and there's no you can go anywhere you want basically
0: right you can take a left and while well, everyone's going straight and oh, it could man. be a
2: red light and yeah. you can just keep going just God, free for all yes free for all
1: <laughs> i almost freaking crashed my scooter first time i was on it i turned like
2: into the curb i think
1: no, I turned into the other lane. Oh, I took yes. a wide turn. <laughs> so, like, didn't you cause a crash? I caused because a guy. <laughs> oh, <to> dude. <laughs> dude. It was so bad.
0: I don't think you can admit that on a podcast. No, no. <laughs> I, it
1: was full on, like, took a wide turn. He did go wide. <laughs> and just went into oncoming traffic because it was a wide turn. And there's another guy coming right after me, and he just threw his bike and jumped off. And the person behind (laughs) them just ran. I was just like, white American guy. (laughs) Oh, dude, it was so bad. Steve's like, dude, what the (laughs) Like, I can't believe you're still alive. I was like, you know, here I am. Here I am. Here we are. No big deal, dude. No dents out here. No dance for Ducky Thailand. Too good, too yeah, good. Is there insane. something
0: that like uh, when people bring up that trip, just specifically the Thailand aspect? You it was your first time doing an Ivy Adventures. Is there some story or something that you like to share, like right off the bat when someone asks, "How was the uh, Ivy Adventure aspect of your Thailand or your experience in Southeast Asia?"
2: I mean, I think it's great because I've I've been able to see Steve's other adventures too, right? So that is strictly relax and just see great places and. So adding this whole service element to it makes a lot of sense to me because there's also, um, there's, it's, it's really rewarding to be able to do good. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would rather go on a vacation where I'm also making an impact rather than just laying out on the sand all the time personally. Right. And so it's cool to see Steve, um, offer that as an option and also open people's eyes. Right. Because, just because I may think that way doesn't mean everyone thinks that too, right? Like and and oftentimes it's not an option for people too. Right. Right? Like when you plan a vacation and you're like, Oh, I'm gonna go feel uncomfortable and go do something for people I don't even know if I can communicate with them, you know. Um, so I think Steve does a great job through Ivy of I mean, with this being the first one it was it was great, you know, and I think all the people that attended have the same sentiment too
1: it was definitely it was very unique in that sense i think one story that sticks out to me or just like one experience that i really really loved was um the day when we poured concrete oh yeah and just like we poured a concrete slab for a um a tri- like uh there's a what do they call it? vocational program within this uh village that um, they offer it for people to learn carpentry, carpentry skills. So, you know, lots of young boys, teenagers typically um, that are in this program and they needed a concrete slab to um, more or less like build out their um, workbench and station and all that. We were working on sand before. And I think part of our funds and different stuff funded this concrete slab that, that we got to pour. And, like, you know me, I love construction and stuff. So, pouring concrete was just like, it was such a taxing experience. Just because no one else really knew how to pour concrete, so I am tried to do everything at once, but it was so fun to just frickin'
2: let loose and do something like that. For sure, and it was cool because everyone on the group had their own set skills and talents, so, you know, I mean, realistically, everyone is good at certain things, and, and it was cool to have, you know... Declan.
0: Declan's skill with construction. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Dude, but how about our leader right here? Look who just showed up. Decky Concrete.
1: Yes. What's up, Steve? What's up, Steve? Dude, of course, dude. <laughs>
2: oh, good thing you didn't hear what we were talking yeah, about Yeah, we were just talking this. some mad shit about
1: you, Steve. Yeah, yeah. So much. Oh, What's up, bro? How to, happy to have you. And this
0: is the Thailand reunion now. Steve. Yeah. Oh, look at that. You're outnumbered, you, uh, Andrew. Surprise.
1: You're in it too there. Yeah, <laughs> Steve, you can jump in whenever you want, brother. That's sick, dude. Well, welcome, Steve. Thank you. Happy to have oh, you. So dude. you were
2: in on this? No, I mean... Kind of? I
4: heard it was happening, and I was like, these bastards are going to get together
2: without me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because earlier I was supposed to meet with Steve. I was like, dude, I got... I'm supposed to meet with Decky. <laughs> <laughs> so uh-huh. I'm thinking about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right on, dude. But, uh, you know, actually, one story that sticks out to me from, like, your perspective was... Um, the whole waves water thing and how you were able to pull that off in such a short amount of time. Um, and actually like making a huge impact with those.
2: Yeah. How did
1: that all come together?
2: Well, you know, there was a tour and then the show Mm. as a judge and then talking to Steve about his trip. So with like what, three weeks left, I figured, well, I have this audience. How do I, um, leverage the audience to do some good, and so, um, I found out about ways for water through a friend um a while back, and so uh it, it was also something that you know with water, that's a basic need, right so for me, I feel like that's not as intrusive as anything else, right and it's just like, hey, you can either drink clean water or you don't have to like I'm not coming in here to tell you how to live your life or I'm not looking down on your culture or anything like that. I'm just trying to help so i it worked out where I reached out to the founder. He was on board. We did a social campaign. Reached out to some product sponsors and got people donating. And within you know a little less than three weeks, we were able to raise enough money to bring 55 water filters to Thailand. And so um, it's cool because we got to see firsthand the impact of of those filters. And such a simple device, you know, can provide what 100 people clean water for up to five years. It's pretty. Pretty damn impressive. Yeah. So.
1: So damn cool. Because, I mean, the there's videos that we have of water that's, like, literally shit brown. And you put it to this water filter and, like, squeeze it. And then it squeezes out clean, fresh water. Mm-hmm. So these things are, like, legit. Legit. It's pretty damn cool, man. Yeah. And having all those, like, kids out there now having, I mean, I, I we gave
2: a bunch of them to them, right? Oh, yeah. I think I left so. Project Justice, like, at least 30 plus, 40 of them. Damn. Yeah,
1: that's so rad. That's just so cool, man. I think it's
2: and they're doing they're they're bringing them out to different villages and implementing them. So it's really cool.
0: What's the lifespan on one of the filters? Five years. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, so you can continuously or you can continue to clean them and they can be used over and over again. It's just a gravity-fed filter, and Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. Hey there, all you cool cats and kittens. Just kidding. This is not a tiger. King ad, but this is a this is a break to to interrupt you for for a quick ad. We got a new sponsor. We got a brand new sponsor. They're Soda Sense. Uh, they are a local candle company, uh, here out in the here in Minnesota, um, used to bring out those Minnesota memories, uh, through scent of their candles. They are 100 percent handmade and all natural soy wax and uh, crackling wooden wooden wicks with a guaranteed burn of 55 plus hours. Um, with offerings such as Loon Island, the North Shore, and Boundary Waters Campfire. Their scents are created to embody everything that Minnesota represents. Uh, these guys are phenomenal. We've been uh, working with them for a couple weeks now and cannot wait, cannot wait for you guys to be ordering some nut- nice, lovely smelling candles in your house. We got like three or four here in the studio. It's absolutely phenomenal. If you guys want to get on the bandwagon with us, use you can get 20% off your first order if you use code BACKPOCKIT. That is B A C K P O C K E T. That the link to purchase will be in the show notes. Oh God, I keep looking at these ad reading. Like I'm, I'm so bad at reading ads. Like I can't actually do it, you know. Like, but I love Metro Mugs. Like I want to sell our mugs, but I, I, I read too fast, and I, and I start riffing, and it, it just blows up. When Metro Mugs ads come up on my feed, and I'm like, I'm reading them, and I, I just get, I get so excited. I just want to speak too fast. I can't follow the text. Yeah. So I don't know if Nate needs to just write like bullet points or something for these, but I mean, at least we're getting the point across that like if you use code back pocket, you can get 20% off uh, your first order and like go follow on Instagram at Metro Mugs, right? That's pretty much what we got to say. Right. Metro Mugs, very similar
0: style to us. Like-minded people, inspiring conversation.
1: Yeah. With like, I mean, it's a coffee mug, right? But the coffee mug always contains some sort of liquid and you're usually enjoying that beverage with someone else. Uh, thus inspiring conversation i think that's what they're getting at like instead of doing you know facebook ads or marketing on billboards it's like we're marketing on a on a mug that actually matters so go ahead to metro mugs and join what we're sharing yeah i think that was a pretty good at how did you um i i i guess we should have asked this question maybe earlier but it's we'll ask it now the uh how did you build like cafe racers to what it is today? Because someone looks at 1, million fo- one, one single million followers on Instagram, right, and that's one. like that, lo- that just seems like a daunting task or a daunting thing. How did that all kind of come together?
2: Well, part of everything that's happened has been very natural. I started the page up just because I was trying to get in some social media um, work. I was a health coach for a while and got burnt out with that. So, How long were you a health coach for? Um, officially i don't know i don't even know what officially it means That's was like two two years
1: this is like out of college yes okay is well, this is why you have such past like a college godly yeah. godlike body <laughs> just...
2: i learned a lot while health coaching mm. yes okay so like
1: health
0: coaching like fitness and
2: nutrition fitness. yep okay Yep. okay sleep yep. i got tired of that though because a lot of people just that i was working with at the time just weren't that motivated to like make changes with their health got it so that can get a little draining
0: you're pouring into them and they're not pouring into themselves right that's exactly
2: cool. so i figured social media something that and you know, i always want to do some kind of advertising marketing social media was on the on the up and up i guess mm-hmm. and um yeah in order for me to show people i had experience everyone was asking like three to five years of social media experience. At that time, I'm like, I don't know. I don't blog, but I know how to use Facebook. I guess I know how to use MySpace, but like, <laughs> what good is that? You know, how do I show people my experience? So I actually um, grabbed happy hour with a friend um, who actually just started Dogs of Instagram and grabbed happy hour with him. Whoa, so that's the yeah, same person? In Minneapolis, so maybe that's someone that... uh You know, that that could be be a plug. That could be a plug. plug. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, just through drinks. He told me, hey, just choose something that you're really comfortable with, you know, something that you're passionate about or you have an interest in, and cafe racers, you know, motorcycles. I was looking at a ton of custom bikes every day and just kind of drooling over them. So that became the content. And then it became people submitting all these images of their bikes and then, turning it into a community and just kind of growing that and then partnerships started coming up working with brands started happening manufacturers started reaching out and so it um, it just all happened very naturally and very organically and I did get a job in a, at an agency before too um, just with that page
0: right
1: damn
2: yeah yeah holy shit
1: so what's it like um, building a legitimate community off of something that you were passionate about? you know, all those years before not even knowing what it was.
2: It's, it's super inspiring. Like it's, it's cause you can do so much, right? You have a voice, but at the same time, there's a lot of pressure, right? Cause you have a million eyeballs. So what do you do? Right. And I, it's, it's a fine balance. It's, it's been really fun though, just to actually meet the people that you, I've been posting about too. Right. So I've met a lot of, talented creative people that are doing stuff within that community um and it's taken me all over the world so i mean it went from just being in the states to realizing that my community was even larger than that and it's international so wow yeah
1: that's crazy
0: do you remember your first trip that you were able to take because of the instagram page You're like all right this is this is dope
2: yeah absolutely so i got into an agency and they didn't have um A full-time position for me. I went in basically as an intern. Did social media with them. And so when they told me that, I had a friend, um, Andy, Andrew. He was about to go down south. And he was just trying to, you know, explore and just kind of spend some time. Just alone or get his head right, whatever. So I asked him if I could join on. And we did a post on social media saying, hey, we're going to be just cruising around the southwest. Hit us up, let me know, like if you want to meet up. And so for four weeks we ripped around the southwest. And we had people emailing us, DMing us, and they were putting us up on their couch, cooking dinner for us. We even had like a biker gang in Albuquerque, like wait for us on the outskirts and like roll into town with us and everything. Oh. And like take what? us out to all the bars. Like we got to see everything. And so that experience in itself, when I came back, it was either do you apply for a job or this this what i just experienced is incredible like Mm -hmm. i met all these strangers and out of the goodness of their heart they welcomed welcomed us Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. that that was all i needed to you know decide to just keep pushing us
1: solidify this Um, is this is the goal this is the journey yeah oh so is a lot of your work and partnerships um stuff that is consistently replenishing itself or do you find yourself having to kind of be like a contract worker where it's a partnership for maybe this piece of content or this event and then it's scrapped that onto the next one? Like you're always having to hustle to refresh your events, content, partnerships.
2: You're always hustling. Right. Um, I think a common misconception of of social media people or I hate the word, but influencers, right? Like that their life is also easy cause what are they doing? You know, they're just living a good life the whole time. But you know, my campaigns and the work that I have aren't always consistent. So you do have to hustle all the time and it can get taxing, but you know, at the same time it's very rewarding cause it's all the work that you're putting into it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's more so like a contractor.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that you're bringing your community to life outside of the interaction on social media too because that's like the biggest thing that sometimes we we ran into early on with back pocket was you know pushing content out towards a tons of people and getting the one-off comments back like hey you're doing really cool things you get the people leaving reviews or sending you a dm but you weren't getting any like face-to-face like inspiration right so that was always something that we like struggled with as like is this community really close if they can't even engage with each other right um and then we end up like hosting a couple events, and, uh, and then we're starting to work in live shows. But I think it's really cool that you're actively seeking to be in, with the the motorcyclers of the US and now internationally. I think that's really dope.
2: Thanks. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah.
1: It's also interesting, too, like, because your page is not like David Chang. It's right. not, this is me. I'm, Nobody really knows. Right. You're kind of anonymous. And I'm assuming that's intentional.
2: It was. I mean, partially because I. I respect privacy too, like personal privacy, right? I think a lot of people in this day and age, if anything, disclose too much information about themselves where I could find out a lot about someone just by going on their social media, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was part of the reason why. But also when you let people know about your social media accounts, it changes some people, right? They act differently towards you. They might be nicer to you because they might want to get, I don't know a little bit of the spotlight on your page or something like that. Even at motorcycle shows, if I introduce myself as David and you like me, great, let's have a conversation. But if I tell you, Hey, I have this page, people act differently. So it was a, it was a way for me to just interact with people in a very natural way, and in a very genuine way. And also when you put a face to any large like page or identity or group or whatever, right? Um, then it, it just becomes a person versus people can imagine themselves being on some of these trips, right? And so we played off of the Daft Punk. Andy and I played off of the Daft Punk vibe for a while. We always took pictures together, but we would just keep our helmets on, so people would just kind of have this mystique, mystique to it, right?
1: <laughs> but when they see you with like the long hair and you know ever just looking elite, they obviously know that's David Chang, hundred percent. We do at least. Well, you know, Because <laughs> <laughs> right. we have we've had the pleasure, of course. Well, we just have Chris Lindall on
0: our show. Sweet. And like you describing exactly what you did opposes his perspective on you know starting Chris Lindall and making Chris Lindall Realtor, where he's the face of everything. And you know he brought up some great points about how he's able to market consistently, like his image to therefore like um, bring. Um, effectiveness towards his employees and they can start making money because he can take care of all the marketing and then everyone else can just do their thing right and make and just re- focus on their roles and responsibility and then we were like well like you say that and that's awesome but like you're looking at us who we are going at it completely different way like this is not the declan and andrew show this is back pocket this is a separate entity that we're pouring into right and um we had this kind of a similar counterpoint as you as how Relatable, it can be now that it's not being focused on an image of a soul person where, like, someone looks at Chris Lindahl, like, I'll never be Chris Lindahl, right? Because he is so powerful and he's everywhere. Versus someone looks at Cafe uh, racers, racers of Instagram, of Instagram <laughs> and uh they're like, okay, that's something that I can feel a part of because this is now a community of people. This is not just a soul
2: entity, right. yeah, right? It's a group of it's people, something they can just belong
1: to right away, right? Um, and you brought up someone earlier too, like the whole idea of influence um right. i think going back to that the thailand trip um one of the things that was mentioned like first day was talking to one of the owners or one of the guys who runs project justice the mm-hmm. company that we were working with and we were like hey man like what do you what do you need i mean he's like you know money's great like we we obviously need money and donations but what we really need are ambassadors we need people that have that are now sharing this trip with the greater community back home in the United States are spreading awareness about what, what this, what, why we're doing what we're doing. Right. And that really challenged me in the sense of like, man, what's like my influence? Like, what am I, this quote unquote ambassador of, right? Because right. there's so many different things spread far and wide, especially when you bring up the whole market of influencers. So with that being said, like, do you know, do you have a, a good idea of what you might be an ambassador of, or what you really want your influence to be?
2: Well, going back to the whole volunteering too, I think having seen all this social media and just seeing how how people get so caught up with it, um, it's 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 hopefully I'm hoping that it, it's it's caused me to be a lot more aware of my personal. Um, goals and and what i'm trying to achieve right and so for me i would like to give back to the community and find a way to use this voice that i've created to do good and in some shape or way um yeah and so that's kind of like the next next step for me um
0: and that's killer man and you know i'm curious from having that global reach now right do you feel stagnant being in minnesota at long periods of times um and sometimes to give you a little preface like sometimes De- declan and i feel like we're stagnant because right. we're staying in comfortability being here in the twin cities mm-hmm. and minnesota has a tendency to have this uh, outside perspective of you know you you come to minnesota you live in minnesota you're staying there forever you stay forever you stay right. forever and that's you only interact with people from <clears throat> minnesota right um so i'm curious Do you feel like you're being complacent if when you're staying in Minnesota for a long period of time and not having that reach that necessarily you want?
2: Well, I... So I I do a lot of traveling, and, you know, my parents still live here. My brothers, one lives in San Francisco, one's in Austin, Texas. And so those are great cities to visit, too. But there's something about being away for a while and then coming back to Minnesota that still feels very much so like home. Um, And, you know, Minnesota also... It's it's just a slower slower pace, right? And so, it's it's necessary for me to also come back and chill out and recharge and not be thinking about where am I going to be the next day or ripping through crazy traffic or and stuff like. I just want to stay put and Mm -hmm. just not do anything and kind of get my head right Um, because it's two very different mindsets when you're traveling and when you're when you're at home. Um, So no, I don't really think I feel complacent when I'm in Minnesota. I think. A lot of work gets done when I'm in Minnesota that I'm not able to do when I'm, you know, seven weeks in Southeast Asia. Like, I have a lot to catch up on now.
1: Yes. Could you have gone longer in Southeast Asia?
2: Yeah, I think I could have. Um, You know, this trip was, for me, a test of how long I could be gone. Gone for. Right? And originally I was going to even shoot for three months. But my parents were going to Hong Kong at the time before this whole outbreak happened. So I came back early so that they could go. Um, And part of me even thought about just staying there for another month when they told me they weren't going anymore, but I came back. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, That's fair. I feel like part of me, like when I, you know, having been in, in Thailand and experiencing like that lifestyle for that short amount of time, there's a part of me that was like, man, I could do this like every day. But then it also comes back to the sense of like, I really don't know what that time frame or that time, right? Uh, that sense of time more or less would even look like because it is kind of nice to have like a home base of like a Minnesota that is very, you know, at a pace that you can basically operate without even thinking about. Right. And that just gives you so much time for your mind to explore and think. But for I also sure. feel like that's, a, that's kind of the problem. And what Andrew's getting at almost is like you have all this time to think about and like plot and plan and... Like, oh, I want to travel here. Oh, I want to travel there. And that, all those options look so great that, like, they're so extraordinary that you kind of just forget about your, your quote unquote average life here. True. But there's a lot of value in that. Like, there's right. a lot of value in hanging out here, getting your shit done, um being with the people you love around here. I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome. But God, that, the traveling aspect of like, is just so enticing.
2: It is. <laughs> I mean, I'm still stuck on it. So, mm-hmm. um, but minnesota again is a great place for me to recharge and just kind of regroup and, and figure out what my next plan is and and as we talked about before it's always a hustle so you know what what work i put into it is is what i'll see as a result too right mm-hmm. and luckily i have a lot of people that also help me along the way too but you know i i'm able to just Figure everything out in Minnesota. Right. Was yeah. this
0: seven-week uh, trip the longest you've uh, endured? Yeah. Okay. So, what's is there another one you're starting to plan that's like a yeah. similar length?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, I think for me, I actually want to kind of part time between Minnesota or the states and Southeast Asia because something just keeps bringing me back there. Right. Um, I think. I mean. I mean. I'm, in, I'm in a. American Asian guy, right? So, going back to your roots and seeing how people are, it just, I don't know, it, it excites me. Um, and going back to my Vietnam trip, I spent five days there and I had no idea what I was going to do. But I signed up for a three day motorcycle tour and that ended up being wild. And that tour company now would like me to come back again and see if I have any friends that want to come join me on the ride. So, from Ho Chi Minh up to Hanoi. And just go right up, right up along the ocean. So I think for me next year, Thailand for January, Vietnam for February, and then we'll see what happens in March. So at least at least make it to eight weeks, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. But real quick, I mean, you, you you're absolutely uh, absolutely 100 an uh, an American Asian man. But when we were in Thailand, one of the kids like just thinking you're like this ungodly samurai yeah but i was so like nice. what's his name and i was like that's david chang and he's like he speaks great english <laughs> that's <was> so, fun. <laughs> yeah, was... yeah, that so funny
2: yeah they were just uh, a little blown away by that i guess yeah dude it was
1: so, <laughs> it was so great it, what is what is it like though um from an uncomfortability standpoint when you show up in a city they've never been before and you just like have no agenda what is that like?
2: I've learned to deal with it quite well. Yeah. Um you know, I I think oftentimes people go overseas, they wanna know everything they're gonna do. They've already checked everything on Google, checked all the reviews and know exactly, you know, their plan, their agenda or whatnot. Um, for me, I don't I don't really operate that way. I like seeing how things move along. Who knows who I'm gonna meet? Who knows what's gonna happen, right? So when I go to a large city like Bangkok, you just go with the flow. Like everything's still a new experience, right? So you're not really missing out on anything when it comes down to it.
1: Okay. That's amazing. I love that. Uh you know, we did just get surprised by Steve who just came in. I think yeah. you should jump in. Yeah, Steve, you wanna you wanna throw a question out there? You got any you got anything to add?
4: Mm-hmm. I'm just enjoying the conversation. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah.
1: Fascinating.
4: I uh, I suppose I could vouch for David Chang's character here. Um, <laughs> I think something that's cool about the Thailand trip and beyond the way that you ended up on the trip, Declan and Jonah and some of the other people, JJ, that ended up on the trip. Um, for me and David Chang, this was like a two-year journey. Like
2: Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while.
4: Yeah, like over two years ago, David hit me up and he's like, man, I want to get, want to get together and talk. And I'm like, okay, I know who this dude is. I know he has this massive following. Like, I I don't know what he wants from me. Because usually someone with, like, a big following like that is like, hey, you want to just do this for me? I have a big following. I'll give you a shout out. Or something like that. Sure. And so we meet up. And David just goes, dude, I know you lived in Thailand for a while. I know you have some connections. Let's do something great together. And never once asked for anything and it was just genuinely like i have this community and i want to do something really really great with it and that's like what i know of david and that's like a inspiring and uh b it was just cool that we were able to finally make that happen go to thailand do something great and uh i think there'll be more of that for sure yeah definitely absolutely is that there, a, is, there a, awesome but, is
1: there a potential trip in the future if
4: you guys already started planning something that we can leak
2: well we, we still need to find time to hang out <laughs> if you know because <laughs> <anything laughs> we're about, podcasting if if you
1: know anything still.
4: about me and david chang it will happen it will happen eventually it may be last minute and it i mean who knows how that's gonna all come together yeah, yeah. All right it'll be serendipitous for sure but yep. yeah incredible is
3: the second time this that word has been used buzzword of the day <laughs> yes
1: serendipity the podcast of serendipity look at all of us here <laughs> look at this that's actually insane Co-mingling. yeah it's that uh what's that mean look at us yes. who would have thought paul rod yeah paul rod <laughs> god bless no that's that's awesome man thanks thanks for sharing steve that's just beautiful shit man mm-hmm. um <laughs> in
0: transition into the back end of our show go for it um the back pocket's been built on being ordinary average guys and having an extraordinary passion to hear what from awesome stories such as yourself so i'm curious from your standpoint as ordinary average guys who kind of thrive off the average quality david what would be your average quality
2: thriving off of average quality um i don't know could i almost like get an example
0: yeah so uh, to give a little context of what the average sure. quality means sure it's something you deeply care about okay and it could be your biggest passion and but you always have like just a little bit more of an expectation of yourself and you might look at it like oh i'm average at this but i'm continuing to grow at it every day um we've had guests like that or marathon runners and they say my average quality is waking up and getting out of bed to run because i struggle with that every single day and i'm battling that right um so like, people saying, like, their actual job is their average quality is, like, pretty eye-opening. And it's like, oh, they, that's how they're viewing being average because they – once they actually hit it at home, it actually it starts making it a little bit more extraordinary.
2: Hmm.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, actually going off of the marathon runner, and I would, had thought about this before, too. I was a health coach earlier and, um, you know, before starting Cafe Racers on Instagram. And through even – actually – even in college I started exercising. And so through like physical health there's always this like desire to be better at what you're doing, right? Like
0: total human optimization. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right.
2: Well, even and and it's taught me that hard work it just it just doesn't happen overnight. It takes daily effort. Like, you got to wake up, you got to go train, you got to be careful what you eat and um it it keeps me kind of on my toes too, right? So even when I am traveling, I try to be somewhat healthy, uh, whether it's physical or, or with what I'm eating. So um, through that, I always kind of view myself at that that average level. But then there's always this. Um, what is it? There's always this. There's always personal growth. There's always opportunity for growth, right? So I'm reminding myself of that. Um, and you're not going to just wake up and like. Do 50 pull ups or something like that. Like that takes time. Right. Right. And, right. That's so, interesting. Yeah. I like
1: that. What, what, I mean, we talked about a little bit of the physical side of it. What, how do you maintain, a, you know, positive mental health?
2: Mental health? Yeah. Mentally. I think it, it's actually surrounding yourself around a lot of people that actually inspire you. I think a lot of people will find themselves in situations or around people that drain them. Right. And so I have a great group of um, very positive, uh, mentally challenging people that keep me on my toes all the time.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think even in addition to that, too, like um, a lot of like I feel this pressure myself sometimes like um, you like to associate how maybe you should be feeling or maybe what you should be doing. Right. Um, like as a, as a 24 year old guy, like having a, having a full-time job, being out of college, you know, living with a bunch of guys, like that's very run of the mill. Like that's very normal. But for you being in your thirties, not really having a, like any family yet, not having a kid, you're traveling a lot, kind of doing a lot of solo stuff. Um, do you ever have something that's like creeping in the back of your head? Like, Oh, are you, are, should you be doing this? Like, are you doing it wrong or how am I being perceived? Oh, always. I always.
2: Mean, my parents didn't come to the states just to see their first born, you know, Instagram. So when I first told them that, my dad's like, "What the hell are you doing? You know, like, really, you're leaving your career. You have 401k, you have health insurance, you have money in the bank. Like, you're good. Like, why would you, you know, start this page? And then I told them I want to get in advertising, but then when that fell through. And then I told him, Hey, I'm just gonna go on a road trip. They just thought I was crazy. And my two younger brothers, they are so smart and so successful, like excel in their career and everything. So, um, they it, it freaked me out because in addition to that, my peers, they are getting like homes and they're getting cars, and so you're always comparing yourself, right? Um, and it took me a long time of just doubting myself, but still going through the motions of pursuing what felt right mm-hmm. even though everything else was telling you otherwise mm-hmm. um to get to a point where i feel now confident in what i'm doing and yeah
1: what was it like how did you know that feeling was like worth it or worth following
2: i think it's it's literally just been through the connections uh with people that i've met along the way just this entire journey or ride whatever you want to call it um from the first trip down in the southwest to serendipitously meeting mm-hmm. you in thailand and you know all these things falling into place like everything about the seven weeks i guess maybe that is a word that describes you know my past seven weeks everything has just fallen into place and has been very serendipitous and it's because i've i've opened up my options to let whatever happens happen
0: that's incredible i mean we've been talking deck and i are talking recently about how you know, there's, there's a mentality that's like pushed on you that you need to grind, grind, grind. Right. And uh, put in the work and things will fall into place. But sometimes that work is not very mindful. You're just doing what others are telling, what you're supposed to be doing. And you're not really attracting the energy and the reality that you really want because you're just buying into what everyone says you should be doing. Right. Versus when you start actually doing what you want to be doing and you're doing it in a way that positively impacts others and you're you're just promoting the the environment around you things start to happen that you don't expect and like exactly how you described uh people can pick up on it people pick up on it and those people gravitate towards you and then you start doing things with those other people and that's where the fulfillment comes for sure and as long as you have this like mental stability through the belief in yourself and understanding that Right, there's things are going to happen where it's going to be negative, and there's going to be energy that's going to hurt, and you might be in financial trouble. Right, however, you can find a way if you really, truly care about it, you will find a way to find all of that comfort. Um, and as as that small example as you brought in the beginning of the podcast of you don't need the Netflix subscription, right? Like you, you realize you don't need these one-off things that you sometimes always have monthly. Um, purchases of right. you, you start cutting back on that, and then,
2: well, how much time does Netflix take up? Yes, of right. your life. Mm-hmm. What else could you be doing, right?
0: Right. So you you, you cut away the nine ninety nine, but you also cut away the time, right? Monetary value and the time that you're not investing in the Netflix.
2: Right. And we're yeah. all guilty of Netflix. Like that's that's a real thing. Yeah. I'm still struggling with it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but so it's dope. Yeah. It's it's
1: amazing, man. I'm
0: glad to hear it's coming. It's happening for you. It's like inspiring for me to hear your story and be like all right continue to do what you're what i'm doing because i'm hearing from someone that is experiencing it firsthand
1: yeah
2: and again going back to you know what keeps me going it, it literally is a support of like friends and family too and just close ones and just um you know in a sense trying to make them proud too you know
0: mm-hmm. right so during these times when pressure does turn into stress right. anxiety is rising right what's in your back pocket that helps you overcome, uh these situations
2: well, personally for me, I just I I've always felt that everything will work out eventually as long as you're doing good, you're you're putting you're being positive with your outlook and you're surrounding yourself in a good or putting yourself in a good environment. I think things will turn out although you may have some challenges along the way. There's there's always a way out, you know.
1: Was there ever a time where you did go through something like super challenging and like your belief in that in what you were just saying was challenged?
2: Well, I would say actually like financially, it was, Mm -hmm. it was huge because I was, I started this when I was about 30 and around that time you should have a career, right? That's what they say. And, um, I chose to just kind of let go of all that stability and comfort and, and just pursue an Instagram page, you know? And like, again, going back to my parents too, you know, I I felt like I was kind of failing them in a way, and oftentimes, actually, even through conversations, my parents felt really discouraged. You know, my, my dad was like, "What are you doing? You know, what are you doing with your life? How are you going to have a family? How are you like who's going to want to be with someone like you?" You know, and um, I guess this, maybe I'm going off on a tangent, but this is a story that like was super impactful for me because we were at dinner and my dad was saying all these things, and I just kind of lost. It. I said, "Yo, listen, Dad." You don't think your oldest son has, like, given up everything. Like, he sees this. I see the success in my peers. Like, I see everything. Like, I'm very well aware of what I'm giving up. And, um, you know, your, your oldest son is, like, pitching big companies, not really knowing what he's doing, but he's just going after something that he's passionate about. He has an idea, and he's trying to pursue it. So why are you hating on me for that? Like, and the reason why I'm a hustler, it's partially because of you guys. Like, you guys you guys were pen pals and you guys came to like the States and then decided to start a family. And you guys are the only ones over here on both sides. Like, and, and this is what you had. And now you're like questioning, you know, what my, my motive is and what the direction of my life. Right. Um, but what was really impactful two weeks later, you know, I left and just didn't really talk to my dad for a little bit, come bad back terms, bad terms, mm-hmm. bad, bad terms. But my mom told me to come back, told me to grab some dinner um, and he wasn't home he was working and he, she says you know your father's your number one fan like he fully supports you he just doesn't know how to tell you it's just how it is he's Chinese like it's it's just there, there's a gap between you two um, and she pulls out this piece of paper and it's it's kind of crumpled on the front there's rows of numbers and on the back side is half filled up she goes every night your dad looks at your account and writes down the number count of followers and this is proof that he is your number one fan. So you should not talk to your father that way. He understands what you're going through. And when he talks to you, that's out of concern and love. And so since then I've just been like, hey, whatever you say, I'm just gonna take it, you know. Cause people mean well for you. They want the best for you.
3: Dude. <laughs>
0: that's what? so annoying. Oh, that's so awesome. How cool is it that, you know, someone someone so you think is your biggest critic? behind the scenes is the most in depth follower you have and it so happens to be your father yeah yes that's who
2: i mean that's it's i don't know it was it's weird Mm
1: -hmm. wow that's an that's That's instagram post yeah dude (laughs) that's amazing what a god that kind of reminds me of my dad who's like our biggest fan too like he writes a whole right a a five-star review on this podcast and said david chang was the man (laughs) um but it's, it, it just goes back to show you like no matter, really no matter what, your parents will kind of always love you. They're always going to be there for you. Right. And while there is strife and while there is right. a lot of, you know, uneasiness around right. watching their firstborn grow up, right you know, they're, they're still going back to the drawing board too, just like you are. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I told my mom recently that like, I really want to be a comedian. She's like, "What do you mean? Like, why are you losing all this sleep going to open mics?" I was like, "I want to be a comedian." And she's like, "Okay, but like, you're valuing like that over sleep? Like, you're not even that funny." (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's kind of a good point." (laughs) Um, And so all my joke, like a lot of my jokes, a good side joke after people laugh of what I say. I was like, yeah, my mom doesn't think I'm funny. <laughs> it's always great to add that in.
2: Yeah, but it, it's just absolutely. one of those
1: things. It's like, does my mom like really not want me to get a comedy? I don't know. Like, I I'm not worried, really worried about. And that. it's one
2: of those things where they just want to see you happy, right? Right. So, I mean, she's probably gonna go to a show one day and be like, dang, he's actually funny. I don't most like, of the time, yeah, most You know, the time.
1: <laughs> I'm really uneasy about his uh, his Jesus joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I like everything else. <laughs> god that's super cool does man. she know
2: that you want to ride a dirt bike
1: so that was the other problem right no. uh was that i told her about our dirt bike trip in thailand oh she was like and i didn't you know i didn't tell her i crashed yeah, i yeah. didn't tell her i lost the souls actually she died laughing at that video of me kicking my the souls <laughs> she's like what the hell happened i was like eh, you know got into some trouble <laughs> um but like, <laughs> just she was like, and I was like, yeah, I really, really do like dirt bikes. Like, I really want to like buy one one of these days. She's like, please do not buy one. I was like, eh, not gonna have this conversation again. <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, if you go dirt biking or skydiving or anything, never tell your mom before. Right. You know, that's guidelines.
2: So you're not just gonna stop.
1: Yeah, you can't do that. Right. No. Yeah. So yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. The parents. They're, they'll always they're your rocks. They're you're in your corner. Yeah, absolutely. We love our parents, we're a pro mom podcast. We're a very pro mom. Yeah, yeah.
2: don't ever come after me though. It was an Ivy trip. So right, I, yeah. right, right. We direct. All, Go find Steve.
1: Yeah, Steve is kind of the cohort of this whole. <laughs> he this planted whole thing. that seed. He <laughs> did very much. Well, That's a Steve seed. Yeah, yeah, Steve's great with moms. <laughs> 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 Speaking of the Ivy trip though, you know we have JJ here. JJ, I'd like to give you a little bit of time to ask a question or two, brother. Yeah.
3: Um, hmm, David, I was thinking like everyone kind of desires the role of an influencer or you know, as much as you might hate that word, I'd say you I do you are an influencer. I mean the modern definition of it. I think you're one of the good ones, but um, what would be like your warning tag kind of attached to that desire to to be an influencer? Like what would you say to people that would like say oh it's so glamorous and everything what what would you warn people of that
2: well i think it's strange how this this app can really change the way you view people and yourself right and so as you go on on this growth of followers or clout or whatever you want to call it um I think it's really important to be aware of yourself and keep your ego in check too. And also be really, really aware of like the people around you um, and how you're treating them too. Right. So I think like even what Steve mentioned before, you know, some people like, Hey, help me do this and I'll tag you or something. Well, are you really helping that person out that much? Or like, are you being really like aware of um, whether or not you're, you're, you're leveraging or using someone or you're, you're trying to do this as a collaborative thing a good thing a positive thing for that person um i think a lot of influencers just kind of overlooked that and also like what are you doing doing i don't know like dumb shit for a photo right i find myself thinking that all the time too like do i need this photo or do i not you know like what what am i doing
3: do you follow influencers in the wild
2: Yes, I've seen some ridiculous things. <laughs> That's great. I see it all, I mean, even in th- in Thailand, like on the beaches, I'm like, some of these people are pros at getting that Instagram shot. I'm like, I don't even know. I, I feel so awkward all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing a helmet half of the time, most of the time, and I'm still feeling awkward. I'm still holding my breath underneath the helmet. I'm like, why Why are you holding your breath? I no saw one,
3: one just, uh, just a couple of days ago in Arizona. This dude <laughs> standing on the edge of a cliff, shirtless, oh, and there's gosh. like, families and children around looking at the views and he's just getting this, he's talking to the camera on his phone or something. It's yeah,
2: it's, yeah, like you're talking into a phone and how, how often do you want to do that really, mm-hmm. yeah. you know?
3: Dude, that's so true
1: though, like you don't really, you can never like really quantify the, the following or this community that you're building through your influence unless you're physically with them. Right. Unless you're physically doing something. Because, uh, again, if you're posting of an Instagram story of you talking into your phone, I mean, yeah, likes, comments, DMs, but u- ultimately the transaction is exactly what we saw like on in, uh, Influencers in the Wild. It's like you're talking to your phone. <laughs>
2: right. mm-hmm. It's like there's an epic sunset right behind you, but instead you're just blabbering about something. And you just, I don't know, you just, there's a fine balance, I think, yeah. you know, um, of, of how you're treating people, what you're willing to do for this influence, like to mm. what measures you're willing to take to get that one photo, you know, it's just being aware.
1: It's like the constant balance of like the sacrifice and gain. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. Right. If,
0: and if you're attempting to manipulate for the per, like to change a perspective of what's actually happening, right? that's when you're 100% in the wrong and right. you're not. Na- There's no benefit to anyone in that situation, even though you think – even if there is the millions of comments and likes and whatever you end up receiving, there ultimately is no benefit to the manipulation of that. And if you are talking in your phone and you are having an intention of, like, sharing your community and trying to, I don't know, do something that has a a more holistic uh, intention behind it, there is more value in that, and that will be well-received, and it won't seem like – you're standing in a crowd in Arizona around people with your shirt off. Right. There's something else. People
2: can pick up on it too.
0: And yeah. in
1: today's age, people pick up on it right away, right away. Yeah. Right. It's, it's so interesting too. Cause you know, like we almost become like slaves to like an algorithm or like the, the dopamine boost of like getting a ton likes, of likes right. and stuff. Engagement, engagement. Like we posted this video that we, that I made on TikTok the other day mm-hmm. and just like posted it on Friday on our Instagram page. And shit, you not most views we've ever gotten on an Instagram.
0: And it was a bachelor video, fifteen seconds, where it says like the word back pocket at the end, and it was like super clever, super catchy. But that got ten thousand views. And then Declan, and that took what would you say, five minutes, ten minutes, maybe five, maybe five minutes, yeah, if that. And and that got ten thousand views. And Declan put a month and a half, six weeks into another post that we also like put a lot of time and energy outside of just the actual editing and it received 800 views. Right. Yeah, 8 or yeah.
1: 900, but super frustrating. Someone, it was right. frustrating, but then but it, someone called us out for that today, like cuz we had just reposted something and he's like, "I can't believe like that you guys only got 800 views on this post that you guys worked so hard for and right. professionally produced, but got 10,000 on that dumb bachelor post." And I said, "Dude, like the impact is just totally different. Like we just hit 9,000 probably other people that have never seen our page, never known what we are for the first time, and we got to make a positive impact and make them laugh. Then we turn around the next day, put out a really highly produced piece that unpacks what the hell back pocket is and what it means to be average and why it means to be average. And yeah, it only hits 900 people, but you look at the DMs, the text messages, the uh, organic responses of the people who knew us, that that post was intended for those people right. and now we're making an impact on those not on literally 900 or 800 people that saw
2: it it's a it's a more concentrated group exactly
1: mm-hmm. and so like that's kind of what we realized was like there's a different piece of value that you can take from anything that you post Right. Instagram is just kind of a tool. TikTok is just a tool. Twitter, Facebook, any of these are just tools LinkedIn. to reach people. LinkedIn. right? Yeah, we yeah. got to talk about oh, LinkedIn. Cuz yeah, cuz <laughs> that's our Techie highest performing. LinkedIn. That's our highest performing platform, yes. you know. Right. Uh, as crazy as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about impact and I think that's what Andrew and I like I don't even really check how many views we get on videos. I don't really check how many likes a certain post. Like I'll recognize and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Wow, that posted well. Good for us. We mm-hmm. impact more people." But ultimately, like, I look at what we do outside of this studio. I look at the things we do outside of our Instagram page, outside of all those things. That's what makes the impact. Yes. And what God. continues
0: that impact is our challenge question. Mm. And that's what it helps guide the next step for Back Pocket. So I'd like to ask you, David Chang Is there someone you'd like to see on the Back Pocket?
2: I was thinking about this. Um, that's good actually, that you there, were thinking there, about there's it. There's two people that have really, really um, helped me out um, and are good friends. There's Ahmed, who I grab a happy hour with, Dogs of Instagram. Yes. And then there's my buddy Spencer, who started Soda Clothing. Mm.
1: Um,
2: I met him really, really early on. I just asked him, hey, you want to throw me a T-shirt? Well, And I'll get some photos of me ripping a motorcycle out to Taylor's Falls. So we met up, and then we decided to just keep talking and from that, you know, he was just running his business out of the attic of actually my current apartment. Um, he's now turned it into the success story that it is now. And so um, very humble guy, really smart guy. And uh, I think he would have a lot of insight.
0: Dope. Challenge accepted Challenge. on both fronts. Yeah, no, that's
1: yeah. absolutely killer. Um, final question. Yeah, what let's get to it. Yeah. Dude, yeah. final question. Uh, very simple. What did you learn today from the time you woke up? Till the time we're recording right now. Just today. Just today. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, man.
1: What'd you do today?
2: I. What did I do today? I really didn't do much. I just kind of. Such an influencer thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> I. Uh... <laughs> yeah, such an influencer <laughs> thing to say. Took my detox tea, did some crunches. <laughs> <laughs> What else could I do took some selfies uh, um,
1: cafe twenty for twenty percent off your yeah. detox
2: t- yeah tea. yeah this is where I throw my sponsors right right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. plug plug, perfect. plug perfect. away dude. <laughs> this came, took this my came protein real. shake <laughs> <laughs> um you know I again just it's it's great to just share experiences with new people having great conversation this has been incredible um just sharing viewpoints also gaining great viewpoints even just what you just said about engagement right and like looking past that because each each thing that you share is going to impact people differently and not getting all caught up with that because i find myself getting caught up with that all the time and so you know that was a good reminder so thank you Decky.
1: dude no problem
2: spin out words of wisdom Mm -hmm.
1: we're trying dude we're at we're 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 just giving it the old college try out here. Okay. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> we're having to, fun man. doing it. And we're having yeah, we're having an absolute blast doing it. But you, I mean, you did text me like three different times saying you were nervous to come on. I Very mean, are nervous. you
2: still nervous? Still nervous. I probably need another one of these extra paleals after this. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, We'll we'll absolutely rip it. But you killed it, man. Like this yeah, is like I told great. you, just a conversation, man.
2: Well, oh, thank you. Chill out. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, absolutely is really comfortable too. Oh, that's a good
1: response. And we got uh a negative feedback on Yeah, that. a lot of negative feedback oh, really? there.
0: Yeah, because it sinks.
1: Yeah. It's pretty skanky. It's pretty skanky, yeah. It's, it is a skanky. Couch. It's pretty skanky. Real quick, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll go over more of the details after, but what you're looking on our whiteboard right here is uh our boachella. Oh yeah, Bochella. is coming up and we're starting to uh you know get involved with how we want to pursue and we'll definitely talk about details after this with all you guys. Okay. But um how did your buy selects?
2: DJ go this past week. It went really well. I okay. mean, I'm blown away by just the turnout each time. This is our third one. You guys freaking sold
1: it out. Yeah, so the past two trips
2: or trips. I'm thinking about trips already. The past two <laughs> events have been sold out. So, yeah, we
0: were gonna go, and it's sold out. You guys. Oh well. We bu-
2: we... You should shot me a message. Uh, God damn it. Damn it. I okay. mean, you kind of know the guy that involved Do it, with runs it, right? it Yeah, so, he's yeah, running the damn thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. So yeah, we fucked up. Well, yeah, next but, time. God damn. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I'm hoping uh, maybe we get you at Bocilla, dude. All right. Let Something to think about. Let me know. But anyways, you've been great, brother. Thank you. Appreciate sir. you. Yeah. That's a wrap.
4: She's a star gazer You can see the look in her eye
3: She's a dream chaser She's made up her mind, made up her mind Just watch her
4: now Everything she says, I'm gonna have to try and catch him now before she's